This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're in a series called what? Overcoming Temptation. How many would like to walk free from any temptation and trial test to know what to do in a certain situation? I find many people don't know what to do. So we're going to look at what the Scripture says and how we can have victory in our lives. One thing we need to know that we're not immune to being tempted, and we need to stay humble and stay on guard because there's someone out there wanting to take advantage of us. And We, we saw that the, there is an enemy out there, and he wants to get us to fall, to give in, to yield to temptation. But we're, we're to be wise and know that Jesus has bought and paid for a victory, even in that realm, that sin, that temptation, whatever it is that you might be struggling with, Jesus is the answer. And he has given us his victory in that situation. So we're going to look at this. And uh, overcoming temptation is important because if you want to fulfill your destiny, if you want to have a great year, you cannot be one of those that yields to temptation. You've got to get victory in, this, in these areas. Because God wants you to be a person of character. You know, God looks at your heart. He wants integrity. He wants you to make a difference. He wants your word to mean something. He wants you to influence those around you for Him. And the way to do that is you have that godly character. You have that which attracts people. And, and many times you'll have people who don't believe like you, but they will see those character traits in you that causes them to respect you and to look to you. And God can use that at a later time to open our eyes to who He is. How many know that the heart, that out, the Bible says, out the issues of the heart, that's what, where your life flows from. So we need to deal with heart issues. And I'm excited to say with this series, we've had people coming that have had things in their lives for a long time, years. And they've come, and they've made the decision that this thing is not going to hold them anymore. And walking now that into victory. I mean, no, that's a great thing. They're going to have a great year. Because that's what God has called us to, that abundant life. We saw that God hates sin. And we think that God hates us almost when we sin, when we mess up. But He doesn't hate you. He loves you. God loves the sinner. He hates the sin. Because God doesn't want to see you hurt. He doesn't want to see you defeated. He doesn't want to see your, your marriage go down the tubes or you lose your job or your business to go bankrupt. He, he doesn't want to see you destroyed by sin because the wages of sin is death. It's still death. Even if you're a Christian, you can walk in sin and experience death. And we've got to have that truth in us because many times, especially in, in a, a church that we preach so much grace, we think, well, we can do anything we want to do and there's no consequences, but that's not true. There are consequences for sin and we know it's, it's death. Death will come in some area of your life. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It does, it's not God punishing you when you feel this condemnation. It's the sin that's brought condemnation. You're not created that way. 
And that sin is punishing you. You're, you're feeling the, the weight of that. And I, I remember when I first got saved, my problem was I found out I wasn't living and doing everything that I expected to do once I got saved. I was one of those. The invitation was, come get saved, accept Jesus, and your life will be perfect. And I thought, my life isn't perfect. In fact, things don't look so good. <laughs> I had this, this peace and this love for God, but I was not living there. I, I didn't know anything. But I'd feel guilty. And I'd think every time I messed up, that that guilt, that, that shame, that condemnation was God. And He was mad. He was upset with me. And you know, it's hard to get free. It's hard to go to someone if you know they're judging you and they're mad at you. That's the kind of people you steer away from. Amen. I'll say it. Amen. That's good preaching. It's true. If somebody you know they're going to judge you, be upset with you, you don't particularly want to go around them. And that's what I did. I hid from God. I would, I would say... I don't want to pray. I don't want to do too much because I'm, I'm hiding now. I feel bad. And after a while, it'd start letting up. I'd feel a little better and I'd get back. It'd take me, you know, depends on how big the sin was. You know, it might take me three or four days. And now I was back praying again, reading the Bible and everything's okay until the next big thing to hit. And it usually happened before that Sunday. Because, you know, Sunday is when I went forward to get saved again. Church had 365 salvations that year, but it was only one person. <laughs> Came every day. Save me, Lord! But then I started learning some things and got some understanding, and it changed everything. It changed my approach to God. It changed the way I dealt with sin, and it's wonderful. And that's what we're going to look at, is how you can overcome. We need to know that, that sin is destructive and painful. Every pain in your life right now is a result of a, a sinful belief or behavior. Some, somewhere there was sin involved. Sin is always destructive and always painful. And we need to take him, his word at, at that because we think that sin is a list of all those fun things that God doesn't want us to do. But they're painful. They're destructive. And those things that God wants us to do are those difficult, hard things that we, we have to do. But the Bible says pleasures are at his right hand forevermore. We just don't know what's really pleasure. Sin is poison that's candy-coated. And there's wages, there's consequences, there's a price to it. And we need to not be those that are yielding to temptation we're walking in victory. And James 1, chapter 13, uh, verse 13, we need to know that temptation's where they're coming from. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tested by God, for it's not possible for God to be tested by evil. He himself puts no man to such a test. But every man is tested when he is turned out of the right way by the attraction of his desire. 
then when its time comes, desire gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is a full growth, gives birth to death. Satan uses our desires, our desires that can be good desires. Most of us desire good things. Does anybody desire bad things? We need to really pray for you. We desire bad, good things, but he comes and he wants us to be enticed to go outside the boundaries of God's Word, outside the principles uh, of God that we have to get it on our own, or we're going to take the shortcut. I'm not going to wait and have sex when I get married. I'm going ahead before then because I'm going to take the shortcut. But the wages is death. Something dies on the inside because sin produces death. And it doesn't matter what society says is okay, who they, what they say a family is, or if they say you can go around and smoke dope, that's fine. But if you smoke dope, you're dope. And it doesn't matter what the culture says. God's not dead. He's alive. And his word is eternal and unchanging. And if we'll do it God's way, you'll find life. You go any other way and you find death. He is the life. And we want the good things. When Ellen watches her Judge Judy, I have to really watch myself not to interject and say, if they just do, they're breaking the principles of God. That's the reason they're in this mess. That's the reason that dog got shot and they... (laughs) That's the reason Judge Judy's making millions of dollars and you're sitting here watching this lady and and she saves the really good ones for me. So it's our special time filling up the love bank. Bob, I've got some special Judge Judy's. Okay. Can't wait. And I get into them because they're wild and crazy, the ones she saves. I mean, they are are good. But they're breaking principles of life. I mean, no, it's true that sin is painful. It is. It's painful. We've got to remember that. And if you're going to overcome a temptation or sin in your life, you've got to recognize it's destructive and painful. You're not going to want to be free from that until you realize it's destructive and painful. Because it's pleasurable. You're going to run to it. There's no pain here, but God says it's painful. Take his word at it. Don't go and experience it because he's always right. It's painful. So Satan uses our desires to tempt us to get fulfillment of those desires outside of God's provision. Hebrews 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, say mercy, and find grace to help in time of need. So the grace, strength, and ability comes to you in time of need. In time of need. This is key to understanding this because we want the grace before the need. But grace comes at the time of the need. In other words, we want to be able to conquer that thing before we engage, before we 
battle with it. But the truth is, grace says, I choose God, and when I'm walking in the middle of it, the grace comes. When I walk into it, that time of need. It's just like anybody, years ago, we used to do door-to-door witnessing. Don't do it anymore because you can get shot and, you know, people will do all kinds of strange things to you. But anyway, it used to be something that was done. Oh, God, give me strength, give me strength. You've been praying the whole week. Yeah. But you know what happened? The strength came when you went. There you, there's the grace. The grace comes in the time of need. But our, our mind, we want to be able before we commit to something. We want to, we want to be able in our own strength, that's what we're saying. But how many know in our own strength we can't do it, so we never make any change? We say, I would change if I could. Well, we know you can't. If your willpower were so hot, you wouldn't be in this mess. It's not. Our willpower is not strong enough. Have you ever made an emotional decision? Just have some willpower? I'm going to throw all the donuts away, and then you find yourself later with a flashlight in your garbage can. I have. Looking around, hoping no neighbor sees me. I'm talking about his strength. His strength in our life. We get his victory. And we've got to believe we have his victory. So there's different things that hinder us. One of them is fear. We have fear we will fail. Maybe we failed many times. We just have this fear about us. And that has a torment to us. How many know our greatest time of need is when we're about to sin or we have sinned? And that's the time you feel the least bold. I didn't feel bold when I messed up. I felt like running away from God instead of running to Him. And I wasn't bold. But I learned some things that I can be bold and come to the throne room of grace even in my mess, even when I sin. That's liberating. I can go to God's refrigerator, open the door, don't have to even ask him. I can go before a righteous, holy God. My sin. And receive help in time of need. Now that's shouting ground. That means that whatever temptation, whatever sin's been hounding you, you have victory over. Because God's grace far supersedes the power of that sin. Far supersedes it. And we saw last week that where there is sin, grace does much more abound. There's more grace available. So you need to go to the throne room and get some more grace. He's not going to run out. Then there's, there's this guilt, that fear, that guilt. But see, you'll never get God's ability if you don't approach him with confidence because faith will come to him in confidence. Faith is able to come boldly to him to receive because it can't be on your your ability then. It's on him. It's on Jesus. 
It's on what He's done for us. Here's the key. Knowing, knowing I'm already forgiven and I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I can come boldly to the throne room of grace and receive mercy and grace in time of need. I can come before Him knowing He loves me, He's forgiven me of my past, present, and future sins, and that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Well, that boggles our, our carnal mind. <laughs> but it's the truth. Because he looks at my spirit and he sees Jesus there. And Jesus is always welcome in the throne room. And I'm just as welcome as Jesus is. Because I'm just as righteous as he is. Because I have his righteousness. So I stop running and hiding and, and looking for a fig leaf to cover up. I start running to God and I got His grace. I start winning. I start overcoming some things in my life and things start changing. And people start seeing things. So what's happening to you? You're changing. And it can almost happen effortlessly. I mean, you just start moving in this grace. And you're empowered by Him. Confessing you're a righteous man when everything inside of you is your emotions, everything is saying you're unrighteous. It takes faith. It takes faith to do that. Come boldly to the throne of grace. It's not that I have boldness in defeating that, that sin in my life or I have boldness in my own ability. I have boldness and confidence in Him. He said, I'm welcome to come boldly. It takes faith. You need to know when approaching the throne of grace, you have God's total acceptance. Total acceptance. Now, I'll just throw this out there. I might talk about some last time because there had a little bit some people questioning. But the sin separates you from God. Old Testament did. You know what the new covenant? Nothing shall separate you from the love of God. Not even your sin. That's how strong the cross is and that finished work, what he did for us. I can come when I've messed up and receive his strength, his ability to overcome that thing in my life. And I can live an abundant life and bring him glory and honor. It's not in my strength, it's in His strength. Where I am weak, He is strong. Why? Because I go get the grace for it where I can be strong in my weakness. That's the reason Paul said, oh, I get excited in my weakness because the grace of God's available for me then. Mm. So I don't care what it is you're facing, you're struggling with. It doesn't matter. Grace far supersedes it. It's not even close. Not even close. Well, Pastor, I've had this a long time. Good, get rid of it. How? You put your trust in His victory. You start looking to Him, His victory. That's going to make some more sense in just a moment. If you don't believe you have God's acceptance, you'll never receive His grace. God works with your will. God will not change your mind for you. 
He will not. Repent means to change your mind. God requires repentance for the grace to come. Or you could say it like this. God requires a decision or your will for the grace to come. And many times, I've talked with people just trying to get them to make a decision, a commitment, where the grace will come. But see, they won't make a commitment or they won't make a decision because they're looking to themselves and their own abilities. They have no faith in their own ability. But God knew our ability is not that good. And we need Him. So He gave us His ability. I can commit, I can make a decision based on Him. Based on what He did. The victory that He secured for me. So people, uh, they get afraid to step out. They say, if I could, I would change. Well, it just tells me they, they misunderstand that God's looking for their will. You're not a robot. You're a person. He's giving you the power of choice. You choose. You choose. So when I find people, they fail, it's because they have not made a decision. And I'm talking about absolute decision. I, I served in a church for years. I was a youth pastor. I desired to be associate pastor there. And we had a... a Actually, it was an evangelist came in. He preached a couple of times. The next thing I know, he was our new associate pastor. I had to make a decision. Now, how many know no decision is a decision? <laughs> but I had to make a decision because I, our answering machine was full of people calling saying, you've been done wrong and all this stuff. So I decided I'm going to believe God and I decided to go in agreement with this word. I chose not to be offended. I chose to be dead to this. I'm dead in Christ. It's hard to offend a dead person. Well, I had people upset me. Well, you're just, it's unfair. I said it's fair because I serve a great mighty God. And I got so at peace. I, I knew I was, my destiny was not tied to that. I'm serving God. But you know what? The grace wasn't there until I made a decision. <laughs> Once I made the decision, the grace come. The grace came because before then, it was a, somebody would say something, I listened to the answer machine, boy, that's right, man. All of a sudden, all this, but once I made the decision, absolute decision, you know what came? The grace Fell in love with this guy. We became good friends. Everyone that came hugged me. Oh, so sorry. Don't be sorry. God is in this. God is good. And I mean, I just went for it. And the grace was there in time of need. And God took care of the whole, whole situation. See, you've been treated unfairly. Call for the grace of God. Make a decision that your trust is in Him. He's the one that sees your life. He's the one that provides for you. He's the one that puts you over. He's the one. So you make a decision. Then you get the duct tape. I'm saying I was perfect. 
get the duct tape. Or you start speaking and acknowledging the truth that you've given your life to Jesus Christ. And say, I, I don't want something that He didn't give me. Hallelujah. My job is to decide or repent, trust God to make me able. It's God's job to empower me. Isaiah 119, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Most people are up on the obedience, but they're not so sure about that willing part. He's looking for your will. I find most people just won't make a decision. If you'll make a decision, what is the decision? The decision is, this temptation, this sin, doesn't have power over me because the Word says so. You start agreeing with what God says. I make a decision right now. Pornography will not be a part of my life because it does not have power over me because God conquered it through the cross, Jesus Christ, and that's what you start doing. You start speaking it and declaring it, and it will get into your belief system. It will get into your heart. You'll get fully persuaded, and you'll be like Abraham and Sarah. When they couldn't have no baby in the natural, they had one anyway. They got fully persuaded. And you can be free from that thing. A friend of mine, for years, he, 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 he smoked and he wanted to break that thing. And the Lord told him, now, he was looking for a decision. Say, now, this is it. Make that decision now. This is it. What happens if you're still smoking then? So this thing doesn't have power over me. I don't even enjoy it anymore. It's defeated in my life because of what Jesus did at the cross. Yeah, just go ahead and smoke and have a good time speaking the truth. Why? You're accepted in the Beloved. He said, come for the grace. you got to agree with what He said. And when you acknowledge it, you're persuading your heart. And one day, you'll pick that thing up and you'll throw it away and you'll never touch it again. My friend, for 20-something years smoked. When God said, now, that thing was broken because He started saying, it's not even a part of me. It has no power over me. And it was broken. Well, it's got to be something else, Pastor. I should, shouldn't I run a marathon? Shouldn't I climb a, the highest mountain around? No, I'm saying believe. I'm saying believe. You mean believing's powerful enough? It was powerful enough to get you born again, to get you in the kingdom of God. It's still powerful enough to get the rest of salvation. Everything was included in that word saved. Well, by healing, you make a decision. This is it from this day forward. Pain in your body, you say, no, I'm speaking to the mountain. I'm confessing what God says. Now, I don't recommend you do this in front of people. I don't. They don't understand. Do it at home. Start acknowledging those good things that are in you in Christ Jesus. He'll do something to you. But most cases of failure has never been a clear-cut decision that they have victory over this thing. We try to bring everything captive to our level of obedience instead of to Jesus' obedience. 
2 Corinthians 10, 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every fall into captivity into the obedience of Christ. When that vain imagination rises up, challenges the word, challenges truth, you acknowledge the truth. You speak the truth. That's the best way to cast down uh, that reasoning, that imagination. You speak the truth. Speak the truth. You know the lies flee when you speak the truth. Just speak what God says. Declare it. Decree it. Decide that's what you believe. You choose to believe it. You choose to decide. Stop trying and decide. Where's grace will come? So the question is, is not can I conquer this temptation? Can I get the victory over this? The question is, did Jesus through his obedience overcome this sin? See, we want to take everything to our obedience and our obedience and not. It's his obedience. How many believe he was obedient to everything the Father said to do? He carried out his mission. He did everything at the cross that was needed. I can have confidence in his obedience. So now, my question is, did Jesus, did you defeat this? Yes. I'm in you, therefore sin has no power over me, so this thing's defeated in my life. Can you start believing that? Well, I don't believe that, Pastor. Well, you won't. You won't get the victory. Because it takes faith. Well, I just don't feel like it. Faith isn't a feeling. It's not a feeling. Start saying you're righteous. Start saying you're a joint heir. I have his grace. Where's the war? In the mind. The battlefield is in the mind. Enemies defeated. I don't think about the devil a whole lot. Every once in a while, I'll look under my feet. If he happens to stick his head up somewhere, I'll speak to him and tell him to get out. Because I have authority over him. But the battle is for me to keep my thoughts in line with God's Word, my beliefs, my thinking. Those imaginations in line with God's Word. That's where the battle is. When I do that, I'm walking in truth, walking in, in light, in life. So we got to say the truth, acknowledging Jesus' victory and everything that He's done for us. What if change doesn't happen immediately? A lot of times it doesn't. It's because He's working on our heart. He's got to do things in us to change our believing and where we're at. So just because the change isn't immediate doesn't mean it's not coming. It's not a reflection that you're not getting the change. It just means God's working on your heart. He's doing some things that need to be changed, that need to be arranged. Faith does not believe God is going to. Faith believe He has. Faith makes an absolute decision. Faith makes an absolute decision. You didn't say when the invitation was come, you know, accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and say, well, I'll try. No, you made an absolute decision. And a lot of us probably tried a lot before we, we came to the point of absolute decision. This is it. 
And that's where faith is, in the absolute decision. Job 22, 28, you shall decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Sin is rooted in self-centeredness. Certain sins gratify our desires and we give into it. And we'll find ourselves saying, God, take this desire from me. He'll not do it because he's looking for you to decide that this desire will not be a part of me anymore. This thing does not have power over me. He'll not take that thing from you. You have to will it. You have to make a decision. Had a, a, a lady in the first service. I mean, she was asking the Lord. She wanted to break um, uh, a nicotine thing over life. And she said in the series last, last week, she was asking the Lord, what do I do? And the Lord said, make a decision. Make a decision. From that point, she's been free. Make a decision. Faith makes a Say faith, faith. Makes, a makes a decision. You choose to believe. If you have not decided, you have not repented. God can change your desires only after it's been real repentance or change of mind. You choose to change your mind. Grace says I don't have to sin. Sin has no power over me. I'm not limited in my ability. I have his unlimited ability to overcome and win in this area. Under the new covenant, all sin is willful. This hurts. Because <laughs> we, we want to convince ourselves otherwise. But if sin has been declared, it will, has no power over us. That means we sin willfully. I even go beyond that. We choose what sins we will sin. Because it's the sins that you enjoy. You don't participate in the sins you don't like. Everybody say, ouch. <laughs> the new covenant believer, every saved person, sins willfully by choice. God loves us. <laughs> he knows where we live, where we're at. But he's trying to get grace to us. He wants us to make a decision to break that thing. If you're really honest, when you did that thing, you knew it was wrong. You knew inside. So what does that bring us to? Grace takes personal responsibility. It puts a personal responsibility on us. We have to take responsibility. You can no longer be a victim blaming everyone for where you're at. Because you're where you're at because of you, of your beliefs. And you take personal responsibility. Stop blaming the dog catcher for taking your dog or whatever your neighbor, your family. Whatever. Stop blaming. I know people can affect you, but I'm, I'm saying you're where you're at because of your beliefs. The decisions you made, that's where you're at. But those decisions that you can't carry through with, he's promised you grace where you can win. Some of you, I just, you need to, this, I make a decision right now about debt. It does not have victory over me. Whatever it is. Pornography. Alcoholism. 
drugs, whatever it is. Addicted to sports. Oh God, you're getting too personal now. Wherever it is. Pastor, you don't understand. There's some sin in my life. I'm perfect. You need to cast the pride out. Thank you. Personal responsibility says I must believe God and depend on this Holy Spirit to make this work. Hebrews 4.9, there remains therefore rest to the people of God. For he that entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Lest there, lest labor therefore to enter into that rest. You don't labor for change. You don't labor for victory. You labor to convince your heart of the truth. And you're going to have to invest some time in that relationship, that time with him, you know, the word, the promises, in order to get fully persuaded that what he said is the truth. And that's our labor. It's not a work. Uh, works in the Bible is uh, man's flesh, according to man's strength, man's life. It's not according to the flesh. This is a labor to believe. That's it's not me trying to get God to do something. He's already done it all. It's me believing He's done it all. It's me believing that He supplied me with grace over every temptation, over every sin. So I labor to surrender my beliefs. And at the end of your notes there, I got real victory in our lives comes when we see the utter pain and destruction of sin in our lives Make an absolute decision about sin and victory and trust victory to happen because of God's power working in our lives. You can be free. You can be free. You know what's going to happen? More God's going to come out of you. More God. Because it's a hindrance. It's a hindrance, those things. That, that sin is a hindrance to Him coming out. Let's bow our heads. Maybe you never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today you can make that decision. You don't have to do anything but believe. Surrender your life to Him. Believe that He is your Lord and Savior. Trust Him for your life. We're just going to pray a simple prayer. You mean it from your heart. You'll be His. You'll belong to Him. Maybe you prayed this before, but you know you're not connected to God. You need to get connected. You can get in on this prayer too. I'm not going to ask you to come down. If that's you, just no one look around. Just lift your hand and say, that's me. I want prayer. We're going to pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus. I surrender my life totally to you, Lord. I believe you died for me. You cared my sins. You took my place. And I receive you as Lord and Savior. I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 
890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.